We've got hey, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. And you're listening to the Content is Profit podcast. So how do businesses and creators like us who did not cheat with hacks and tactics and don't want to be stuck in the content wheel of death, how do we build a modern media team and profit from our content? In this creator's economy, pre-filled templates and content calendars have become the solution for those that are not willing to put in the work and build a real business. Those that get rewarded are the ones that create and control their own process. Content can be a distraction or your biggest lever. Here, you learn to develop the systems to create consistently, build trust with your audience, and get the attention of those that are willing to give you money. Go to contentsprofit.com to get started today and join the community. Let's go. Let's go. I'm so pumped up, guys. And today, we have an incredible guest. And we're going to be talking all about setting yourself apart in an influencer-packed world. Ooh, that sounds like that to me. That is what we call hashtag juicy juicy. Hashtag juicy juicy. Before we get started, though, Fancy, do we have a sponsor today? Indeed, we do. Thank you for asking, good sir. You're welcome. And today's sponsor is your own The Biz Bros. Yes, this podcast is sponsored by Content Momentum. If you are looking mm. to multi-purpose your podcast or video content and turn it into profit, make sure you slide in the DMs at Biz Bros Co. on Facebook, on Instagram. That's right, guys. And every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, the audio, incredible audio of this show comes out to your favorite podcasting platform. So go ahead and follow the show. Leave us a review and follow us on social media at Biz Bros Co. I just realized I took Fonzie's, Fonzie's script. Yeah. To me, to me. Absolutely. You took it over, but oh, it's okay. Boy. Oh, boy. Let's get this party started. I just, I was so inspired, Fonzie. I know, I noticed. Happy Friday. Today's guest come from a very special friend and content is probably family member Rim Hardbats. Once again, make sure you are proactively building your relationships and network. I'm going to be honest, I love today's guest positioning. Marketing for introverts. It's a scary, noisy world out there and today's guest mission is to teach you how to set yourself apart without falling for the noisy marketing trap. That's right. He's the host of the Micro Famous Podcast and the founder of the podcasting agency pursuing results not to mention that he seems to be pretty talented musician as well maybe we'll be lucky enough to hear him play something oh yeah maybe it's melly cat who knows (laughs) can't wait please welcome host of micro famous podcast the author of micro famous and the sting of the podcasting world matt johnson what is up, guys? That was a that was a very impressive introduction. Coming from somebody who's on Streamyard once a week, if I tried that with my co-host of one of my other podcasts, we'd step all over each other and screw up that intro every way till Sunday. That was extremely impressive. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. It, it only took us 188 tries, and still, I literally like stole some lines from yeah. Fancy Bad Sign. We yeah. get in, we get inspired, but I, we appreciate the feedback. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think part of the fun of it is to roll with the punches. You know, when we mess up, it's like ah, we just embrace it, and then we just keep going at it. But Matt. Thank you for being here. We are extremely excited. I'm telling you, I, I really do love your positioning and I can't wait to dive deeper into marketing for introverts. But before we get started, who's Matt? You know, like for those that are listening right now, who's Matt Johnson, <laughs> right? Where did this passion for marketing for introverts and for music, of course? I mean, we know a little bit of your backstory, but for those yeah. listening. All right. So the 60 second bio. 
Uh, least likely entrepreneur ever. <laughs> Homeschooled pastor's kid. Thought I'd be either a minister or a musician. Neither one of them. I chased the dream as a musician for a while. Uh, the whole time I was reading business books and marketing books. Mm-hmm. And I didn't quite know why. And then uh, in my 30s, I decided, okay, I need to quit chasing the dream as a musician because the landscape has changed. And just <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to be like a pro independent musician. Yeah. Um, but I built like this marketing skill set. So I said, okay, well, let's go into the business world where that's actually a lot more lucrative and just move music to more of a side passion project thing. Yeah. And I just I got really fortunate to get in with a really good agency with a very good mentor. And within six months, I was running like freelancing consulting. And then that led to me being an agency owner. So flash forward to today, I run a podcast production agency. We work with amazing, you know, business coaches, consultant, thought leader types. Uh, The agency takes me about four hours a week to run. I live two blocks from the beach uh, in San Diego. Mm. And my life is completely different from what it was in 2014. So that's the uh, that's the 60 second bio. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. First of all, guys, th- this <laughs> right here is a masterclass on master your 60-second bio. I, I mean, I, I, I feel like I know you now from like 10 years ago, Matt. Um, and also, uh, when are we doing a meetup in, in, at your house, man? By the, by the beach, <laughs> yeah, you know? By the beach. <laughs> I know. By the way, like, Matt, I don't know if you know this, but, you know, Fonzie's moving out of the of the Contents Profit house. He's got, actually going to the beach. So, yeah, you know, yeah. You, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. And yeah. he's just living maybe behind with the baby and you know the wife and whatever yeah uh, it's all good it's time for it's time for me to spread my wings and you know the beach is a pretty nice place to yeah. live not gonna lie it really is it makes a difference especially last year the only thing that kept me sane was uh, getting to the oh, beach yes i bet yeah uh, yeah. uh one of the things I, I i love in you know what we talked behind cameras before and and now this right it, it's the fact that you went ahead and you created you know your reality you're like okay this is you know the environment i want to i want to be you recognize also a path maybe that was not ideal you know we've shared our story with soccer and for us it was literally like that was our north like every decision that we made in our life was to go play professionally and it got to a point where in each of our stories you know there's a moment that we're like we have to wake up i mean this is it right like like what was it, right? And for us, for both of us, was a very different moment in our lives. But it led to this. It led to a similar path as well. Um, so I, I, I want to say thank you for sharing that, right? So, what was that easy for you? Because like, for us, you oh, mentioned man. you you mentioned that you were reading like these marketing books, right? For us, we were reading books, but as a punishment. And by the way, we love our dad. <laughs> like we've shared this story. Like our dad was like, "You are grounded. Go read this book," right? And we're like, oh. so we build this like reaction towards reading, where it's like we associated it to that moment, right? Oh, now, wow. not anymore. Like right now, you know, you, yeah. you don't see him here in the toys, but like all this right here is full of books. And then on the other side too, Fonzie's room is inundated with books, and we consume and we learn and we create these frameworks, and that's what we love to do now. Yeah. That facilitated that transition into, okay, th- we're interested in this. How is that that transition? Because there's a lot of people out there that are in a place where they might not be like fully happy and they're like, okay, I, mm-hmm. I want to create this. I don't know what direction to take. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, honestly, I, I, I joke around that I've had like, you know, seven midlife crises or something like that. Like I can get one knocked out before lunch. Uh, and it really is true. I think when it came time to like, let the dream go as a musician, like that was really tough. Yeah. And, uh, and it really was, it was like putting that dream to death. And I think if you're in that situation where you're chasing something that 
it just it just the pieces are not coming together it's one of the hardest questions to answer is should i give up or is am i on the precipice of something and should i just keep going and at the end of the day it's a lot of times it's not about you it's about other people and finding the yeah. audience for what you're doing especially you know music but business content is very similar yeah. like their odds are if you're any good there's some audience out there that's going to enjoy your stuff. The question is, how long are you willing to hang in there until yeah. you find them, right? If you know they're out there and you just haven't found them yet, then maybe you keep going. But for me, I it was like, especially with the music thing, it was that I realized finally by getting enough into the industry, I realized that the lifestyle day to day was not what I wanted. And, mm -hmm. and I carried that over into business because what I realized is that being a professional musician, you have to be your own salesperson for multiple hours a day, then you also have to go behind the scenes and create the product that you're selling. And yeah. that's really hard to do. It's hard to do as a musician and it's hard to do as an entrepreneur. Yeah, It's just not easy. And I think if you're if you're an entrepreneur, a freelancer, whatever, the goal should be to get out of that phase as quickly as humanly possible. Um, either you most likely hand off the operations, you know, the, the actual yeah. doing of the work as quickly as possible. As a musician, you can never do that because you are the product. You know, so you always have to be creating. Yeah. And uh, I just realized, like, I looked down the, the road of that lifestyle and realized, man, that just that that lifestyle is not the life that I want to lead. Mm. That's what finally triggered me to go, OK, I'm going to put this dream to death because yes. I realize it's not actually my dream, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Sorry, Fonzie. I know that you have a very smart question, but I, I want to make it. Uh, here's the smart question, guy. Uh, but we we've had I've I personally had that same realization, right? Like I was in a position where. I was in Spain playing and some things happened around the industry and the things and we were over training at that point and it, the environment was not the thing that I thought it was going to be when I, mm -hmm. once I got there and then I, and this happened when I was 18 right like I'm 31 now but I was like I sat down and I had that really honest conversation it's like is this really the thing that I want to do every single day right? right am I willing to do this or is the dream so shiny that like, is that the thing that's pushing me instead of the love for the thing that I do? And don't get me wrong. I love the sport, right? And I love mm -hmm. it. But that was a really, like a real conversation I had to have with myself to be like, am I willing to continue to put in the work like this? Am I actually enjoying right. the process, right? Mm -hmm. We have another story with screen printing t-shirts, you know, a 90 degree weather in Florida. <laughs> that was like <laughs> when one of the things that we started, right? And it was like, we do not enjoy the process. Like we have to stop right. doing this, right? Like the, the dream is, you know, build a business, build a movement, build something, mm -hmm. right? Maybe this is not the vehicle. So I appreciate your yeah. thought process. And I love the fact that you brought that up because that might be something that is not really common on somebody out there. That, that might be really scary to face, right? For it me, is. it was like, it, it, you know, afterwards, I didn't talk to my dad for about five months, right? When I made that decision because that was the north, oh, wow. right? Like, and we're we're great now, but like <laughs> I feel like you're you're throwing rocks at that today. I know, <laughs> sorry, Dad. Uh, no, but but you know, but that was a thing that happened, right? It was yeah. 18 years yeah. of this, right? So uh, yeah. you know, I, I I relate so much. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, yeah man, I, I'm curious on you know, on Monday we were talking to Rich Schaefer, and I don't know if you're familiar with him, and yeah. we asked him, it's like, hey, what what do people need to look for when you know? trying to be successful. And the first thing he mentioned is you need to know what type of entrepreneur you are, what type of person you are. Look inside mm -hmm. of yourself, right? And I relate this to what you just mentioned, right? You started looking inside of yourself. And I'm curious how does that process, how that process looks like, right? Because there are people out there, we live, like we mentioned, mm -hmm. noisy world, right? There's so much going on. We spend so much time in our phones. Like our attention is just consuming other stuff. How do mm -hmm. you 
prioritize paying attention to yourself and listening to yourself to be able to make moves like this ones, right? Well, I mean, it happens in the process. So first of all, you actually have to be moving forward. And when you have that goal in mind, that dream of what you want your life to look like, and you're constantly making adjustments that this it happens naturally, but it doesn't happen unless you're actually in action. Like you have to be like a heat seeking missile. Like mm -hmm. you got to be on the move and then you make adjustments while you're on the move. You don't make adjustments from sitting back trying to figure out what you're going to do. So there's only so much you can do just sitting around as much as I love to sit around and think, believe me, yeah. Starbucks with a coffee and a notepad is one of my favorite <laughs> things ever. Um, but oh, it, overall, yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff happened in the course of like going from working inside of an agency, going out, striking out as a freelancer, eventually getting pulled into starting my own agency, like that that journey along the way and watching how I ran the business and watching what felt good and what didn't, that's what broke through those insights. That's what created those insights. Yeah. Uh, I remember there was, a, there was a point, at one point, I was in four different businesses and I remember oh. getting out of a meeting one time and I was the one with the longest to-do list because I was the one that just got shit done. Right. Mm. So I came out with the longest to do. I'm like, this is unsustainable. I'm exhausted and I've got a list yeah. of, a mile long of stuff I know is not going to get done before the next meeting. And I'm like, OK, I got to I got to refine down and just focus on one thing. And that that decision was a life changer in and of itself. But eventually, I mean, it forced me to, like, get rid of all those three other businesses yeah. that I that I loved my partners on. And I loved the dream of all that stuff. But you can't chase, you know, you can't push four different rocks up four different hills. Yeah. Um, but that just as an example, that was one of those points where I just I got into action. I said yes to a lot of stuff. And then I pared down later. And I found the right thing out of all the stuff that I was involved in to kind of make it my one thing. But those opportunity, I wouldn't have had that opportunity if I hadn't gotten into action and said yes to a lot of stuff for yeah. about two years. Mm, I love that. Uh, there's actually the, an image came to my to my head. I remember when I was back in high school, we saw this movie. I don't remember the name of the movie, <laughs> but uh, there was a scene where some guy was saying, "Action." Reaction, right? It was like French, right? It was like action, reaction. <laughs> Great action, which Great. means right action. Then comes a reaction, right? And this right. is what I'm listening right now. Like you need that yes. motion to be able to start probably getting this input right as you go, and then you have information with which you can make a decision. So mm -hmm. for those that maybe are just like sit down thinking too much. Again, I'm like you, man. I I, I love <laughs> thinking, right? But yeah. I, Action is is a must for sure. Yeah. I, I I agree 100 with that. Yeah, it's got to be a mix of both. Yeah. So so how do you you know what what type of action do you need to take first, right? Because we live again in a noisy world. There is so many things to do, so many shiny objects out there, and. I mean, you mentioned it. Number one thing is consistency, right? Like, are you yeah. willing to endure long enough doing something? So we got to make mm -hmm. sure that we are taking the, the right action, but we can no wait to know what is the right action because then we're not going to do anything, right? right. So yeah. how do we choose? Well, here's the thing. You never know. So you have to choose. And then you let the chips fall where they may, uh, because you're never going to know. And that, that's one of the hardest parts to explain to somebody that isn't yet successful and doesn't have the mindset for it mm -hmm. is they want to know if I do X, Y, and Z, yeah. will I be successful? How successful will I be so that I can measure the difference and figure out if I'm willing to pay the price? Yeah. And that's the thing is you don't know any of those factors. All you know is Absolutely. where you're at now. You don't know how, you don't know if it's going to work. You don't know how well it's going to work. 
and you don't know whether the pain is going to be worth it. <laughs> and I can bet you, if you actually talk to a lot of successful people, they would go, you know, if you told me how painful the journey was going to be, I probably wouldn't do it, except that I would. <laughs> now that I'm here, I would do it all over again. Yeah. But I would do some things differently because everybody has that story of, yeah. you know, I did this, I tried this, I tried that, and only some of those things worked. It's like the 80-20 rule. Like only 20% of the stuff you try is going to work, but yeah. that somewhere in that 20% is a home run. Absolutely. And you just double down on the home run. Yeah, like if you know that going in, you know that's the way the world works, it makes it a lot easier to just step up to the plate again and swing, yeah. knowing that, hey, 99 of, that, of those aren't going to be home runs, but you don't need them all to be. You only need one. Yeah. Um, my agency is a good example. Like I, don't, I realized I didn't need to be in four different businesses to make the impact that I want to make. Mm. I'm able to make the impact through the one business that I run. Yeah. And that one business sells one package to one type of person, period, end of story. Wow. Yeah. But I get all the impact and the income and the freedom and all that stuff that I want that yeah. I thought I needed to be having all my fingers and all these different pies to get. I don't need it because I found one business that gave all of it to me. Uh, it took a lot of experimentation to get there, but yeah. I found it. And then now that I have it, I don't feel the need to be involved in a whole bunch of different yeah. things. But I would have never come to that point if I didn't step up to the plate and take a whole bunch of swings. Yeah, yeah. I love that, man. And sorry, I, I'll let you chime now, in here in yeah. just a second. Thank you. But Matt, <laughs> um, it was a few months ago, actually. I saw a video of Jeff Bezos talking, and he was talking about making decisions. And he yeah. said... In life, there's probably just like three decisions that are non-reversible, right? He's like, you just need to make a choice and go with it, right? And stick with it long enough to get the results, get those inputs, right? And then make make another decision. Yeah. And I, I, I just love the, the way you put it, right? People want, want to know in advance what is the price to pay, but you don't really know until you are already doing it, right? And the only way to test right to measure whether one decision is better than the other one is to just take action in one see the results and then go and take action make another decision take action mm -hmm. and then compare right which one is more beneficial for me yep. for the type of entrepreneur that i am for the business that i'm trying to create the mm -hmm. impact that i'm trying to put out there into the world so for you listening right now are you making choices right are you just sitting with The, the decisions <laughs> in front of you trying to evaluate way too much and not taking action. Instead, just pick one mm -hmm. and, and go with it and take action. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, co a couple yeah. things, right? I remember when we had to make that decision for the show, for example, we used to, all our mentors, the people that we work with, the people that, you know, that are, even our clients at the time, right? They're like, what, where's your content? You guys should be publishing. Where's your stuff? And we're like, ah, oh, you know, the agency, the team building, ah, oh, uh, so much noise, right? Noisy world again, right? Uh, it tends to be a, a constant, a consistent. And we're, we decided that the show was a vehicle, right? And we're like, okay, this is the decision we're making. And, and at first it was just Fancy and I, first 20 episodes, don't go listen to those. Uh, <laughs> but we're very proud of that, right? Because it got us moving. And then after that, it's like, yeah. okay, let's interview some people. Let's see what's happened, right? And now the show itself, the vehicle has evolved to a point where it doesn't it, it, it doesn't only provide the marketing material or the exposure that, that we were able to build, right, with, with publishing, mm -hmm. Uh, but also develops incredible relationships, partnerships, sometimes right. clients. Like it's just incredible, right? And it, it, it just means so much to, to to even to the point that, hey, if we need to cut everything, the last thing that goes is the show. Like not even <laughs> right. Like, well, there's gonna be some way that this thing continues, right? Because all all yeah. that thing, right? But I've been like 
over the last week or so, I've been obsessed with this one show called My First Million. Like uh, some part that, that like on the investing side of things, right? And I'm like, oh, the, I'm very curious on the mindset of it. Mm. And uh, they were talking about something really interesting about the investor mindset, right? And Sean, the, the other co-host, they, both of them have different invest- investment funds. One invests in like tech companies in India, the other one all around. One of them is the founder of the newsletter, The Hustle, right? It's like mm-hmm. these guys are in the game, right? Playing the game. Yeah. And he was like, you gotta understand something. To be an investor, you gotta be very comfortable with taking the risk. And I assume that th- some things are not gonna work out. Like I assume that some of my investments are not gonna work out. So I, how do I relate that to my day-to-day or the decisions as an entrepreneur? It's the same thing, right? Like I'm, I'm, I might not be investing money at first. I might be investing my time, right? If, mm-hmm. if the resources are very low, but those decisions, I gotta be okay with seeing the results. And th- those might not be as expected, but guess what? If they do work, the payout is so big over time. Let's say, let's bring it to the, bringing, let's say an agency like yours, for example, or bringing in mm. team members, right? That mm. might be an investment upfront of some degree, but at the same time, you're getting a ton of time back, right? That then you can oh, dedicate yeah. to something else, for example, right? Instead of yeah. being in the weeds of producing something, right? Mm. So yeah. the, I, I love that. And I love that you touch on it because it's like, okay, we gotta be okay with making those decisions and understanding that some of those are not gonna work out, and and the the reflection came because a few conversations that we've had with people, even with bigger companies, like tell me what is the secret recipe on on content, for example. What is the secret? What is the one thing? And if we were to push that one button that tells us like this is how you're gonna crush, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, well, it depends on so many factors, like who you yeah. are. Are you willing to publish? <laughs> like, are you willing to talk? Are you willing to yeah. record video? Just audio? Like, what is it, right? Are you willing to be consistent, which tends to be the number one thing, right? So uh, I appreciate you for bringing that up. And I, and, and I think it's a, a great, you know, point of contact in here to, as an entrepreneur and a content producer, uh, mm-hmm. we have to be aware. Now, perfect. I, I love this transition here because I the, the positioning, you know, the, the geeks, the marketers on, on us. How do you come up with that positioning? Was that was that by chance? Was that by design? How do you come up with that angle? Okay. It was it was in conversation with the client and they asked me the question, why are you not you've basically built the perfect marketing system for introverts. Why aren't you telling people that's what it is? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well that's really interesting because you know, like in my agency it's half and half. I, you know, podcast production and the stuff that we do, like it works just as well for extroverts as it does for introverts. But she asked me like the, the overall system, the micro famous system and just what all goes into it. She's like, you've essentially built this system that allows you to be an introvert, not be on social media hardly at all and, and still grow the business, still be visible and all this stuff. And yeah, it was just, it was such an interesting question because it brought up the, the idea of like, why don't I divide the market of people I'm going in in half and willingly sacrifice the extroverts. Like that's a big decision. I think that's what trips most people up because Mm -hmm. in order to get a really clear positioning, like something that just rolls right off the tongue and people go, holy cow, I've never heard that before. You've got to give something up. You've got to give up the fantasy of selling to everybody so you can get the reality Mm. of actually selling to a few of them and strongly attracting a few of the right people. That's what trips so many people up is they're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to give that, you know, I I don't want to give up that segment of my audience. It's like, well, but if you give that up, the clarity that you get of, of going after the people that you're most passionate and most excited to serve way offsets it. 
And the good part about it is then you can get really clear about, okay, well, if I'm not going to go after everybody and I'm going to go only go after the, the exact right people that I want to speak to, well, you might as well go after the most valuable slice of the market, right? <laughs> yeah. So all these people that are putting out content and right out of the gate, they're trying to monetize it by selling low product, like low price products to a big audience. I would tell them to go do the exact opposite. And I stumbled on this strategy by complete accident. So I don't do not claim to be a genius, but I went and developed through the podcasting like relationships with the highest level people in the industries I was in. And those were my first clients. That made a huge difference because when I did that and they talked about me behind the scenes at conferences and stuff, it was it was completely different. I, I've never yeah. sold a, a really low price uh, product on mass. I've never built a big audience and I make plenty of money and have a great life because uh, I went after the most valuable slice of my market first. Yeah. And now the experience of working with the most demanding, the most influential, the most highest level, the the most the biggest risk takers, the biggest early adopters in the space, yeah. it completely changed the type of content I would have put out versus if I went to the lower end of the market first. Absolutely. When I go to the high end of the market first, I, I it forced me to get really good really quick. And then now I can go to, to a lower end of the market with like templates and yeah. and tools and yeah. systems that are already completely done and built and have been operating for these high level people for five years so it, it, it changed everything so um i think there's there's a lot of things that once you get clear on a really like once you decide you don't need everybody once you decide you don't need the maximum number of eyeballs on your yeah. content then you go okay well who are the right people and if i'm going to serve a smaller group of people let's make sure that they're the right people and they have money yeah yes Step number one, they need to have money, yeah. right? I mean, it's, it's such a common sense thing, but it yeah. gets overlooked all the time. Absolutely, man. Go, uh, gong moment, by the way, that was the, that was the gong yeah, in there. Put, put it again, put, put it, it again. again. Okay, gong moment. Hold on, and the, 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 the crowd is going crazy. The, the crowd yeah. is just going wild, man. Matt, you <laughs> just crushed it. You're getting a standing ovation over here. Yeah, no, this, oh, man. this was absolutely amazing. Um, just like we kind of stumbled to uh, around something similar that of what you just explained, right? We... Actually, we got indoctrinated in this marketing world uh, through the ClickFunnels community. I don't know right. it, it. Well, yeah, there you go. You're familiar with them, right? I'm familiar. Yeah. yeah, they have, I mean, lots of education, right? But one of the first things that they uh, promote, or I don't know if they still promote this um, at the very beginning, but it was their self-liquidating offer, right? They said, right. you need to have a self-liquidating offer, which it makes total sense, right? I mean, if you can acquire customers at a break-even point, that's a game change, that's game changing, yeah. right? But for somebody that didn't have a service at the moment, didn't have developed a skill that you could either monetize as a freelancer, mm -hmm. and of course, you had no digital products, like it's very, very challenging, right? So we yeah. spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to sell these low ticket things. And it wasn't until we joined a different community, right? Uh, this person later become, became our, our coach and mentor. Mm -hmm. And I, it was a libel for us when he talked about most people try to start at the bottom of what they call the value ladder, right? Yes. It's like, yes. instead go to the mid, the mid section of the value ladder, high, mid high right there, where you sell a service, a high ticket service mm -hmm. and start there. Well, Cause he, that he, is gonna give you cash yeah, it was, to be yeah. able to run the business. It was high ticket yeah. product for us yeah. meant 
higher ticket service. Service. Right? So it was like, right. oh, yes. it makes more sense because at the end of the day, it's month to month, right? And we can build upon that and yep. and, yeah. and so on. So and that, I, that was a big big idea moment Yeah, for us, for us that oh, was yeah. a, a gong moment right there. Sorry, Matt. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I want to just to relate it to content real quick. It changes the content that you put out. Because mm-hmm. if you're selling a low ticket offer and what, you know, let's say you're separate the ads part of it, right? Yeah. But your but your main thing is you're selling a low ticket offer. And so you're on social media and that's your goal is to build an audience around a low ticket offer. Well then that that sets the expectation right off the bat that the goal of being on social media is the maximum number of eyeballs. Which is like coming out right out of the gate right out of the gate as a musician and going, hey, I'm gonna start a popular band. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, great. That's gonna lead you to start the next Backstreet Boys or Insane. You're not you're like <laughs> It's just going to lead you in the wrong direction. If you start off with saying, I'm going to build a cult following first, then you have a chance of doing something interesting and important. Mm -hmm. Um, If you start the idea like being on social media and producing content and the end goal is selling them a low priced offer, it gets you kind of off on the wrong track right away. If you start with selling a high price thing and you're doing really interesting things behind the scenes, like you're experimenting with really high level clients and you're trying things and you're figuring out what works, that's what you can share on social media. That is a completely different kind of content. I'll give you an example. So back in the day when I was at my old agency, I was just an account manager getting promoted up into like business development. I was going to start hopping on these webinars and the CEO that I worked, worked for walked into the office one day and just said, Johnson, you should start a, you should start a blog. I'm like, yeah, raise his hand to the heavens. Johnson. Uh, I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Like, what, what do you mean I should start a blog? He's like, you should literally start a blog where you talk about the marketing experiments you're doing with clients and share screenshots of the stuff you're doing with their video and email marketing. He's like, you should call it something like, um, it's like, I don't know, like Matt Johnson, re- relentlessly pursuing <laughs> results. I'm like, okay, fine. So I went and bought the domain pursuing Matt results. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and that's what I did. So every week I would send a blog post out to my agency clients that I was in charge of. And I would just share the stuff that we were doing to improve their subject lines, improve their open rates, improve yeah. the, the yeah. topics of their videos, what topics were working for other people that the other clients could steal and stuff like that. Uh, and that laid the foundation for me to leave and, yeah. and spring out as my own freelancer and a consultant. And then that eventually became the company website for my agency. Yeah. It just kind of evolved from there. I literally didn't even have a good company name. I just kept rolling with that because that's literally <laughs> the domain that yeah. I owned. And it's still, yeah, it's still the name of it today. Um, very important question. Very, very important question. What was mm-hmm. your was your boss happy after that decision when you left? He was, he was very happy. Yes. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's awesome. Now, here's what's interesting, though. The, the, mo- the most fun part of it was seeing the, uh, how, would I, how would I term this? Um, I don't know. The, the quality of the interactions with those clients mm. shifted dramatically over mm. the course of just a, from a couple of months to, because I took over like their hardest clients in the agency, the ones that had been there the longest, the ones that were jaded, the ones that had been doing it for a couple of years, and they were just kind of on autopilot. Yeah. It went from hard to get a hold of to okay i'll take a call to opening up to me about their business and treating me like a consultant yeah wow. and taking my then i could then i could get stuff done i could text somebody and they'd be like oh yeah for sure let's jump on a call like yeah. in two months that's the power of cool. not only just sharing content but when you're sharing content because you're working with high level influential people and you're doing interesting creative work when you do go to share content, it's a different level of content and people resonate with that immediately. The right people. Yeah. The right people see that and go, holy cow, I, I don't see that 
you're not just repeating what Gary Vee's saying. Like you're doing something mm-hmm. different and interesting. I'm going to pay attention to this guy and see where this goes. Yeah. Like that's the kind of response that you get uh, as opposed to sharing something where you're trying to build a mass audience, which leads you to things like just copying what Gary Vee says or his style and just kind of doing more of the same. So I think if, uh, if people focus on a higher ticket entry, like doing something new with influential mm-hmm people that are the early adopters in their industry, it's going to change the quality of the content you put out. And that content is going to make other influential, high quality people drawn to you. Yeah. yeah. Now, devil's advocate a little bit here. Love it. By the way, we are 120% agree with you because that's exactly how we were able to build yeah. from the be, platform. From be, the be, yeah, be, before yeah. you go into devil's advocate mode here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so, he can go. already see it. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Matt, is, the similarities here are... are, are I, I love this man because look like after we realized that that moment with the value ladder that I, that I just told you about and we started the podcast we started realizing that the podcast was such an incredible medium to open doors that we would have no chance to open if it wasn't because of that medium yeah, right I, I mean we got to connect with incredible entrepreneurs right mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Todd Brown, Reshafer, the one and only Matt Johnson, right? And dude, like that was absolutely mind blowing for us because at that moment is when we realized, wow, first, like you mentioned, the quality of the content is way higher, right? Because we're having conversations with with these thought leaders that are literally first, they're sharing with you their knowledge and with the audience. And then second, you are putting them yourself at their level as well by having this yes. conversation. And yep. then we were like, guess what? And also they are a perfect fit for us to help them with what we do. So then we started mm-hmm. saying, what if we just ask them, right? It's like, hey, what can we show you what we do, right? And they were so open about it. And, and you know, they, some of them were even grateful. Like, yeah, absolutely. I would love it. And that was mind changing for us. We kind of like stumble upon that as well. And yeah. honestly, that's why we <laughs> still do podcasting. It's just like, it's just such a huge lever, lever to your business, your personal relationships, your personal growth. We haven't found a, a downside to this platform, this medium. Okay. No, not, I not, haven't either. It's really amazing. Yeah. yeah. Now you Thank go you. with your devil advocate right there. With what? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, bro? Okay. Um, anyways, Matt. Okay. So here's here's the thing. How do <laughs> yeah. we transition? Right. Because for uh, we have these two moments. Like you have your moment. Uh, we had our moment where we like we saw it. We're like, ah, this is the potential, right? So. Are we having a moment right now? Are we having a no, moment? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, we clearly for the past hour, yes, but. We have these conversations, right? When for us it's very clear because we've been there. We're like we were. We thought that we had to like talk to everybody and figure it out, and it was just challenging. Right? And then we 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 figured it out. We were like, okay, this is our one person. That this is the message. This is the thing that we want to do, right? And it continues to evolve over time. But we're like, okay, product wise, right? How does somebody transition from that? Do they have to go through that crazy like discovery moment, like, or how do? How do we make that transition? How do we as a coach or have you encountered, right? Like mm. I, I'm, I'm asking more on the business side of thing, right? Let's say okay. somebody comes to you. Is your message so clear that when they come to you, they're done? They're like, we, we call the frictionless sell, right? They're like, I believe already oh, very in this. Rarely. Yeah. Okay. Very, very rarely. Very rarely. Answer to that question. Yeah. Yes. We, we, which is great, right? Same, same thing with us now. Yeah. What is the level of education on how do we show that, th- that that's the path? 
right? Mm. Well, okay. So, so one answer to this is, is is not easy, but I tried to do it in the book, for example. So in the book, there's a little diagram of what I call the clear and compelling idea. Because most people, if you're an expert at what you do, you do have underneath all the stuff you're saying, probably some kernel in there that could be polished into a gem. Yeah. Something, some, something in your messaging could be clear and it could be more compelling. Now, not everybody. You know, if you're an if you're an average service professional and you really don't do anything different than other people in your industry, and your only difference is your personality, eh, that that's it's harder to help you. Yeah. But you know, most of the coaches, consultants, experts, freelancers, consultants, like they have something unique that they do. They have unique opinions. It's just buried underneath all this lack of clarity. And yeah. so, to me, like my goal when I when I take on a client is to get them from that stage where they're kind of unclear and compelling because there's something compelling about their messaging but it's buried underneath a whole bunch of stuff that's confusing people yeah i want to strip away all the stuff that confuses people so that it's clear and compelling that's my goal is for them to deliver a clear and compelling idea so it has to be razor sharp clear to the right people and it has to be compelling in the sense that it gets them off the couch and moving learning more getting on a call with you whatever that whatever that form takes they've got to get off the couch and moving so it has to like in order for your messaging like you know when it's right when when you get this response and i used to get this all the time when i first started the podcast agency i would tell them what we did done for you we book the guest you just show up and talk and record and we do everything else and it was like holy cow are you serious i didn't even know that existed i'm like yeah you know you know that's yeah that's what we do uh like well hey like i don't even have to ask for a phone call they were (laughs) like when can we get on the phone again yeah Uh, yeah. because because the idea was right so i had to do less sales and all I had to do is just give them the idea. And it was like, oh my God, I want to learn more. That's when you really know that you've got the clear and compelling idea. So that solves a lot of problems, right? If you can get that I, if you can get that honed down and polished to where it's in that state, it makes everything in, in the business really, really a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's I, good. What comes to mind is how do you polish that idea, right? My, the first thought that comes to my mind is, publishing speaking right and having these conversations yes it's a two-way conversation with the audience yes it is publishing content it's having phone calls Mm -hmm. and it is watching for the reaction yeah and Mm -hmm. and getting interviewed on podcasts actually is a good another good way to do it so if you're doing anything where you can talk about what you're doing and the results for that you're getting for clients you can go out and get interviewed on podcasts and yeah you're watching for the reaction from the host you're watching for the comments you get from the audience you're you're having phone calls with people in your ideal market saying like hey this is what i'm working on and you're watching for that that holy cow like, yes. reaction mm-hmm. that's when you know you got it yeah, yeah. thanks you for for putting it so clear and it, uh, as you were describing that we've had those moments right and and somehow yeah. we've been able to explain it also in during the challenge and on the workshop yeah. that, that that we've been able to do and you know we have one very clear we talk a lot about the publishing pyramid and that's a concept that was out of an interview that was done to us right it was born out of the answer of that question and the reaction was so clear and like what mm-hmm. That ended up turning into a keynote. That ended up, you know, we ended up presenting at Podfest. And then there was mm-hmm. another idea co- called the Podcasting Profit Formula. Same thing. People are like, what? Mm-hmm. That ended up being another, you know, another keynote for VitFest, right? And then yeah. we developed a whole workshop around it. And those are those gems. So I, I love yeah. that those are born out of that. And now, you know, we every time we jump on a guesting interview, Fonzie always has his notepad. And I started to do that habit too, because as we are explaining these things, 
all these ideas are like coming out of our mouth and you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I, I recorded that or put it on paper. So people are like, why are you guys taking notes? It's like, you know, you're a guest. I'm like, yeah, you don't know what's about to, what's about to happen, right? So yeah. um, I love that you share that and that I really want to encourage everybody like listening, right? Is is the phone calls that you have with your with your dream dream people, right? Take those notes. Yeah. Make sure that if it resonates, look for the expression in their eyes. Those things that you're mm -hmm. saying, right? If you're guesting, if you're if you're putting content out there, forty five live for us was life changing. The three times that we've done it, uh, and it's it's because of that, right? Because we're explaining these concepts and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. You know, Fonzie was mm -hmm. doing a, a a private workshop the other day. Mm -hmm. Same thing. He came he came down to the coffee shop like. Dude, look at this like framework that I just explained, right? Like ex to to explain this concept that we have, yeah. and we're like, sounds good. This is one of those gems, right? Let's put it in the yep. list and continue to develop it. So I appreciate yep, you breaking it. it down for us. Yeah, I mean, be being a marketer is being an observant and a listener. Honestly, like most yeah. of it can be summarized into being a good listener and 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 observe their their reactions. That is huge. I love when people's eyes just open and you're like oh, this is a gem <laughs> yeah I, i know and and empathy is such a huge part of that mm -hmm. and it's 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 a it's a hard skill set to to build it's well worth building but the ability to put yourself in the shoes of other people and look at it from their perspective um it's it's everything in marketing and it's one of the toughest things to do if you're in dire straits financially mm. so one of the things that i accidentally did right is right out of the gate i just got a freelance like contract with one client and it was kind of like an open-ended we're going to do a whole bunch of stuff and you know this is kind of the base of it we knew we we're going to do a podcast together but then i was going to do a bunch of other stuff but it was just enough that i didn't have to worry about paying my rent yeah. right so uh, you know for anyone that's come for like that yeah the the whole the whole click funnels thing is tough because you're, you're trying to take people that are not business people yet and turn them into information marketers. Yeah, Info marketing is tough. It is a big challenge, right? Yeah. Running a service business is a lot easier, especially in the early days, and it takes the pressure off you to where you don't have to worry about your finances. And then you can step outside of yourself and you can have empathy for the people that you're selling to and you can start to see things from their angle. When yeah. your paycheck, when when that client saying yes to you or that prospect saying yes is what determines whether you have to start looking for an apartment in a cheaper part of town yeah. when that when that those are the conversations going on inside your head it's really hard to have empathy for the other person mm. and sell them the way they want to be sold create the product that they want to buy have yeah. the conversations that give you the feedback that lead you to it like it's tough to do all that stuff yeah so if you're if you're on on the beginning end of the entrepreneurial spectrum get your your personal finances taken care of as quickly as humanly possible by one to two core clients that you keep and then tinker outside that because it's it's really hard to tinker when your own personal income is on the line yeah Ooh. wait wait another gone moment the audience <laughs> going wild that was amazing right nah, you, here. Keep, you keep dropping these golden boulders man like we we order some helmets on golden amazon boulders. so we can protect yeah. ourselves from all these golden boulders that are dropping yeah, here no, so, nuggets uh, the golden nuggets don't, don't nope they yeah, don't do it they, anymore yeah they don't do it <laughs> oh man uh, <laughs> matt thank you like everything that you've shared today like personally we resonate so much because yeah, we're we we've, we've been being 
we are being part of that journey too and we saw the results we saw that like especially for Mm -hmm. us everything changed when covid hit we used to help a lot of local businesses and then the show gave us that ability right to to go Mm -hmm. after the these people and we were able to build a team and then this you know it's like oh my gosh this is the thing right so i i appreciate and i hope this this helps everybody listening right like if you are in that position where it's like where do i go what do i do like what is the thing that i do this is literally this episode is a roadmap to that right yeah. and uh and i appreciate you for 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 sharing everything with us now a couple last questions as we wrap up the show matt mm-hmm. number one is what is a good action point all right for that entrepreneur and, and i think it's clear like I, you know i won't i won't say it but i i think it's been very clear with the theme of the of the show today but it's like what is that one thing that they can do today to make that momentum right we could be content wise slash product wise right Okay. Uh, to me, it's the choice. So one of the biggest, most impactful things I ever did in the business was I, I, this question popped out of the blue. I don't know who to credit it to because I probably heard it somewhere. But it, the question popped into my mind. If somebody landed in San Diego and texted me out of the blue and said, hey, Matt, let me buy you coffee, buy you a drink, let's meet up. Who would I enthusiastically say yes to? Mm-hmm. And I should only be selling to those people. Mm. Right. And so I started to build the entire agency and all the marketing and all the content that I put out around that person. And so those are the people that I attract into my life. So if you ask yourself, I mean, well, I think one of the best things anybody can ask that question, uh, you can be an executive, you can be an entrepreneur, you can be established, you can be a small business owner, whatever, is ask yourself like on a daily basis, do the people that buy from me uh, make me want to hang out with them? And if not, that's a big problem. Yeah. Right. Who do you actually want to hang out with on a day to day basis? And are you selling to them? Because your life will be much happier. And in the end, your business and the content you produce will probably be a lot better if you're making it for people you actually genuinely enjoy and and like to spend time with. So that's the number one thing I would tell anyone to do, like right this second. Ask that question. That is amazing. We we had a similar question posed by uh, Gavin. I don't know if you remember when he came here. Yeah. Um, He's again another incredible marketer. Uh, his term wasn't coffee. He's like, you wanted people that you can go and get a beer with, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, we're like, I mean, where, where's he from? That'd be so much fun. That's so funny. He's yeah. from Scotland. Yeah, he's from he's, Scotland. He's so, Scottish, yeah. so obviously he's going to go for the brewskis. The, uh, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. so funny that somebody asked you that same the same question. We've had a lot of similarities in our backgrounds. Yeah, this is so much. Awesome. I mean, I wish we had the similarity of music. Not going to lie. <laughs> that's, a, that's a talent I, I, I wish I, I, I would have developed and, you know, make flourish in my I life. Know. But uh, uh, we're working towards it, Matt. One of these days, right. we're gonna do a, a duet. I'll, no, I'll play no, the guitar. No smelly cat, please. Um, uh, <laughs> no smelly cat. Yeah. Matt, last question of the show. Uh, and you know, we, at some point, we're gonna have to do part two because this yeah. has been like so fun. Um, where will you be if you did not publish? Honestly, I'd be working for somebody else, making forty grand a year. That's where I'd be, and mm. I'd be unhappy. That's the bottom line. Living out the beach. So podcasting and content as a whole changed my life. It's introduced me to all the relationships, all the key relationships I have right now came from publishing content in some, in one way, shape or form from business mentors to my, you know, my, my co-host, the equivalent of, you know, Luis in my life is my co-host, Greg, who's up in the Bay area on my real estate podcast. That podcast has a million and a half downloads. We were wow. speaking across the country and doing speaking engagements a year and a half into starting our podcast. Like it happened that fast, 18 months. Yes. And I was micro famous in the real estate agent space. Um, 
publishing content changed literally everything in my life. Wow. I wouldn't be publishing the music, right? Yep. Because I'd be working for somebody else 40, 50 hours a week, stressed out of my mind, managing accounts. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the mental and emotional space to even create music. I figured that out the hard way. That's why, that's why I started systematizing the business so relentlessly and rigorously to the point where everything, everything, everything in the business is a system because that's the only way I could free up the mental and emotional space to do the things that I care about in music and to enjoy running the business. So yeah, if if I didn't put out content, none of those good things would have happened in my life. Wow. How's that? Thank, Thank you. you for sharing, man. And this, I, I, I know that goal moment, dude. Yes. The, the, <laughs> We're the like, oh, okay. man, the golden the, boulders. <laughs> uh, Matt, the reason we ask this question is, is for those listening to understand the impact that staying consistent with publishing, can, what can yeah. do for somebody, right? And on Wednesday, we had Josh Forty here for the second time. He's a really good friend. He was actually one of our first clients for the service that we, that we currently offer. And he says something very impactful. He said, when you start to publish, you don't do it for anybody else. You just do it for yourself. You start publishing and it starts, you know, turning those ideas, those thoughts into words. It starts building something inside of you. And then immediately you start building a community around you. Right. And that that's something that I see in you, man. Like, of course, I didn't know. I didn't know pre-publishing mad. But I can tell that just the, the act of being in front and having these powerful, meaningful conversations with other people. I mean, you just you just said it, right? It changed mm-hmm. your life. Yeah. So the reason we ask this question is to, to inspire, motivate the listener right now to take action, right? Go ahead and take consistent action over a long period of time. So yeah. thank you so much, Matt. This has been absolutely amazing where can where can people connect with you matt where can people find out more about you and what you guys do all in one place get microfamous.com and then you can get uh there's a free digital copy of the book there and of course if you're a physical copy person like i am that right back there you can get the physical copy on amazon yes let's go we're gonna leave all the links right below in the description as usual all you got to do is scroll with that thumb and uh or whatever finger you like to scroll with if you like to scroll uh, with the index finger it's okay we we don't judge (laughs) we don't judge i know (laughs) one day Fonzie's like grab your thumb and scroll i'm like who does that um anyways uh matt anything else you want to add before we hit out no i'm good guys this has been a blast i appreciate it very honored to be here awesome thank, thank you. you with that said thank you so much for tuning into the content profit podcast go ahead and follow the show on your favorite platform and on social media at Co. that is right and if matt help you take one step forward towards your goal please don't forget to share this episode you might be doing the same for somebody else and don't forget to leave a five-star review see ya bye